Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Look in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands. And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Yes, today's message is important because it comes straight from headquarters, straight from every American battleship, cruiser, destroyer, and patrol boat sailing the two oceans. It's a message from the gunners on these mighty men of war, a message and a plea. It may sound strange to you at first, but the American Navy needs silk stockings. Yes, as many old silk stockings as it can possibly get. Why? Well, I'll tell you. As you know, you can't shoot a big gun unless you have a charge of gunpowder to speed the shell on its way. And the Navy has found that the best gunpowder bags can be made of silk. Since new raw silk has not been available because Japan is its biggest producer, the Navy's had to fall back on so-called reclaimed silk. That's why the Navy needs silk stockings, millions and millions of them. It doesn't matter how old they are, what condition they're in, or whether they're white, brown, or black, just so long as they're silk. And there's no doubt that your mother, your sister, or your Aunt Carrie, or someone in your family has a few pairs of old discarded silk stockings lying around the house. Why let them rot when they can be put to such good use? What better way can you possibly slap the Japs than to shoot their own silk back at them in the form of gunpowder bags? Japan is using our scrap metal, so let's use their silk. If every one of you listening to this program makes a solemn pledge to collect two pairs of silk stockings, the Navy could turn them into millions of gunpowder bags that would send countless Jap ships to the bottom of the Pacific. And when those big 16-inch cannon begin to thunder in the all-out sea battle that's bound to come soon, you can take pride in the fact your efforts fed many a death-dealing shell on its way. Silk can sink the Japs, so let's all get behind the stride for our Navy... And for ourselves. Yes, be sure and do your part. Remember, any kind of old silk stockings, it doesn't matter what color or in what condition, just so they're silk. Do your part for our country. Collect all of the silk stockings you can, and be sure and pledge two pair for your part. Listen in at the end of today's program, and I'll tell you exactly how to go about collecting silk stockings for Navy gunpowder bags. And now, the adventures of Superman. 
Once again, the vulture, mastermind of crime, has slipped through the fingers of the law. This time, taking with him editor Perry White's eccentric scientist friend, Dr. Leander Cameron, and the good doctor's latest invention, an ingenious helicopter flying machine. Safe in a mountain retreat far from the city of Metropolis, the vulture plans to sell the helicopter to German or Japanese agents. But Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, has sworn not only to rescue Dr. Cameron, but to recover the helicopter as well. Yesterday, as you remember, we left Kent in the district attorney's office where he had brought the vulture's partner in crime, the thin, hollow-cheeked woman known as Mrs. Gaunt. Protesting her innocence, Mrs. Gaunt refused to confess that she knew the vulture's whereabouts. Endless questioning brought no response. Finally, Clark Kent, in a surprise move, suggested that Mrs. Gaunt be released. As we continue today, the district attorney is staring at Kent in amazement. Listen. Kent, are you out of your mind? This woman has a police record a mile long. That's not true. I was afraid. Quietly. And in addition to that, Kent, you were the one who only a few minutes ago told me that she was a vulture's accomplice. It doesn't make sense. Well, perhaps not, Mr. Blades. But I've changed my mind. I believe she may be innocent. I would suggest she be released. All right. That's the way you want it. Yes, Mr. Blades. Send Riley in here, Miss Elliott. Yes, sir. We'll release her, Kent. If you ask me, we're doing the wrong thing. She's a criminal at heart. You have no right to say anything like that. Don't tell me what rights I have, Mrs. Gaunt. You want me, Chief? Yes, Riley. Take this woman to the outer office, fill out a release blank. Right. Call me when you've got it done, and I'll sign it. Don't let her out of your sight until I've signed the release. Right, I may try and change my mind. All right, Mrs. Gaunt. Thank you, Mr. Kent. You should thank him. You should get down on your knees. <laughs> All right, Riley, take her away before she frightens me out of ten years' growth. What? You wait. One of these days I'll uh, make you pay for that. I'll make you sorry. Now, for the love of Mike, Kent, what's this all about? I caught your wink, but... Here it is in a nutshell, Mr. Blades. You'll never get her to talk, not in a million years. She's cold as ice. To begin with, she realizes you can't be too tough with a woman. Anyway, she doesn't dare squeal on the vulture because she knows what happens to people who do. That's all very well and good, but why are we releasing her? She's a confirmed criminal. She belongs behind bars. All right, now there's a method in my madness, Mr. Blades. We have no idea whether Vulture has taken Dr. Cameron and his helicopter. But she knows. She must know, because in his note, the one the Vulture left for her, he said to come as soon as possible. Yes. Yes, go ahead. Well, I want Mrs. Gaunt to lead me to the Vulture's hideout. You mean you're going to trail her once she's released? Exactly. I'm positive she'll make a beeline for the hideout, wherever it is. That sounds good, Kent, but what if she gives you the slip? Don't you worry about that, Mr. Blade. People rarely give me the slip. I have a way of getting around in a hurry. What do you mean? Well, it, it's a little hard to explain, but I, I move pretty fast when I have to. What do you do, sprout wings? Uh, no, not exactly, but look, you, you, you can trust me, I'm sure. You, you have my promise that she won't get out of my sight. Once I've located the vulture's hideout, I'll let you know immediately. Well, whole thing's a little unusual, Kent, but I'm inclined to go along with you. Good. I'll release her, but if you lose her... Oh, I won't. Now, uh, can I call my office? I'll need a little help to start this off. What do you want at your office? Uh, I'd like to talk to Jimmy Olsen in the editorial department. Well, my girl can put the call through. Oh, all right, thanks. Yes, Mr. Blades? Uh, call Mr. Olsen the editorial department of the Daily Planet, Miss Elliott. Put it right through on my wire. Yes, Mr. Blades. <laughs> Oh, Jimmy'd puff up like a powder pigeon if he knew the district attorney called him Mr. Olson. Who is he? He used to be a copy boy, but we're breaking him in as a cub reporter. He's a swell kid. Oh, there's your call. Oh, thanks. 
Hello? Hello, this is James Olson speaking. Hello? Oh, Jim. Oh, this is Clark Kent. Oh, hello, Mr. Kent. Hi. What happened in the Vulture's apartment? Did you find... Oh, no, no, wait a minute, Jimmy. Hold on a minute. I haven't time to discuss that now. How's Mr. White? Oh, he's fine now. He went home a few minutes ago, but I hung around because I thought maybe... Good thing you did, Jim. I need you. You do? Mm -hmm. What for? Now, listen closely. I want you to meet me at the information booth in the Metropolis Railroad Station. Get there as soon as you can and wait for me. Now, I may be a little late, but don't you worry. You just stay there until I arrive. Now, is that clear? Yes, but what's this all about, Mr. Well, Kent? I haven't time to tell you now, Jim, but just be sure you understand everything now. Meet me at the information booth in the Metropolis Railroad Station as soon as possible. I may be a little late, but you wait there for me if it takes all night. Hello, Jim. Sorry I kept you waiting so long. Gosh, Mr. Kent, I thought you'd never get here. I was delayed en route. Your friend, Mrs. Gaunt, led me a merry chase. Who? Mrs. Gaunt. You know, that thin witch woman who worked with the vulture? Oh, her. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean she led you a merry chase? I've been following her. Oh, wait a minute. Here she comes now. She just checked her bag, and she's walking over to buy a ticket. Holy smoke. Where is she going? Well, that's what you have to find out, Jim. I'm afraid she might recognize me. You're small, and... Even though she has seen you at the vulture's department, you can slip by. Now, look, here's, uh, here's $20. Uh-huh. Get in the line behind her. Listen carefully when she asks for a ticket and buy one for the same place. Just one, Mr. Kent? Well, sure. I don't need more than one ticket. Yeah, I know, but... Well, how about me? How about you? Oh, now, look, Jim, I can't possibly... Uh... Oh, all right. You're at two more fives. Get two tickets. Gosh, thanks, Mr. Kent. Now, wait a minute, Jim. She may buy Pullman accommodation. If she does, you buy the same, see? If you haven't got enough money, just signal to me. Uh-huh. All right, now go ahead. She just stepped into line. There are only two people ahead of her. Okay. Yeah, that's 492 out of 10. Thank you. Yep. Uh, one way to Boston, please. One way to Boston. 455 out of 5. Thank you. Can I get Pullman accommodations to Duncan Ridge? There's a train leaving in 20 minutes, isn't there? That's right, lady. Uh, what sort of accommodation do you want? A drawing room, if possible. Drawing room on train 609 at Duncan Ridge. Yes, I think I can help you. One way, a round trip. One way, please. One way to Duncan Ridge, drawing room C, and car 55. That's $14.10, lady. Out of 15. Thank you. Yes, Sonny? Uh... I'd like two drawing rooms to Duncan Ridge, please. I'm sorry, but the lady in front of you took the last drawing room. Well, well, can I get something else? Yeah, I can give you an upper and a lower. But there's only one thing. It must be in car 55. Car 55? What's it got to be in car 55? Uh, well, you see, it, it, it's this way. I Yeah? is uh, my lucky number, that's why. Well, you couldn't manage with car 57, could you? Oh, no, that's my unlucky number. Honest, it is. Well, all right. I'll give you an upper and a lower on train 609 to Duncan Ridge, car 55. One way around trip tickets. Uh, I guess one way. I hope you're guessing right, son. It might not be lucky. That's $21.30. $21.30? That's right. Well, here's 25 And here are your tickets and your change. Oh, and uh, good luck. Thanks. Okay, Mr. Ken, I got him. Oh, what took you so long? I thought you were buying the railroad. Oh, I had a lot of trouble. She bought the last drawing room in car 55, and I wanted to get us into the same car. So I had to tell him all kinds of things. Here are the tickets. Oh. Duncan Ridge, eh? It's about 250 miles from here. 
Well, we won't get there till tomorrow morning. Did you find out when the train leaves? Yeah, in 20 minutes. Oh, well, let's grab a sandwich and a glass of milk. That's a good idea. I'm sorry. Okay, now, this way. The Fry Limited, Fry 14. Well, it looks like Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are on the right trail. But how long can they stay on it? In just a moment, we'll return for the surprising climax to this episode. But right now, here is another important message. The American Navy needs old silk stockings for gunpowder bags. Yes, and we'd like each one of you to pledge that you'll collect two pairs of old silk stockings, turn them into your local Red Cross or salvage headquarters. If you can't do that, wrap them up and mail them to Superman Mutual Network, New York City, and we'll see that they're delivered to the Navy. As you know, silk comes from Japan. And we can think of no better way to get back at this treacherous enemy than to use Japanese silk to shoot American shells into Japanese ships. Tell them how much the Navy needs every bit of silk it can get. Once you finish your collection, turn the stockings over to your local Red Cross or salvage depot or mail them to Superman, Mutual Network, New York City. Superman, Mutual Network, New York City. Do your part. Silk can sink Japan, so let's go America. And now, back to Superman. Train 609 is thundering through the night on its way to Duncan Ridge. Like some great black snake crawling on silver rails, it has left the city behind it and is climbing up into the mountains, its mournful whistle echoing into the night. And in sleeping car 55, hushed and dimly lit, Kent and Jimmy, having seen Mrs. Gaunt enter her drawing room, are about to retire. How do I get into that upper berth, Mr. Kent? What? I can't fly. <laughs> you won't have to fly, Jim. Now, ordinarily, the porter provides a ladder, but come on, I'll lift you up, huh? All right. You all set? Uh-huh. Okay. Up you go. Uh, hey. Oh, boy. It's swell up here. <laughs> I feel like I'm floating on air. You do, eh? <laughs> Well, just stop floating and pull those curtains closed and go to sleep. Okay. I'm going up to the washroom, Jim. Okay. Good night, Mr. Kent. Good night. Walking quietly up the narrow aisle of the car, between two rows of green curtain berths, Clark Kent cannot help but pass drawing room C, the one, as you remember, occupied by Mrs. Gaunt. And as he does so... The X-ray eyes of Superman unconsciously pierce the metal door. Suddenly, he stops short, and the color drains from his cheeks. Great Scott! There's no one in that drawing room. It's empty. No one in the drawing room. Is that possible? Can Clark Kent have made a mistake? Is his Superman vision playing tricks on him? No, I'm afraid not. The drawing room is probably empty. But where is Mrs. Gaunt? There's excitement and mystery in each episode of this thrilling Superman adventure, so don't miss a single one of them. Be with us again Monday, same time, same station, and listen every day, Monday through Friday, to The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. 
Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC publications. This is Mutual. <laughs>